Looks like we're live. Uh, My phone just told me we're live. So tonight, we have a very lovely episode for you. We watched uh, 47 Meters Down, is the actual title of the movie. Uh, What was that? That was on you. Oh, shit. I don't know. Uh, What other movies? Oh, yeah. uh, Ponty Pool. And then the first half of Daredevil Season 1. And that'll be the end of the show because obviously everybody wants to talk about that. Um, First of all, are you fucking kidding me with this Transformer shit? No, tell I read me it. You were trying to get. Tell me you're tra- lying to me. Nope, 100%. I read that online and I wanted to ruin your day. It definitely ruined my day. I am fucking livid. Like, I was Art. like, there's no way that this is real life because that's bullshit. Are you going to go see it now just to get so upset? Listen, it. It will turn into that episode of South Park where they fucking hunt down Mel Gibson for their money back, except I'll just hunt down Michael Bay and kill I, I just don't get it. So, like, they spent so, five So the rumor he told me the other night while I was getting trashed, uh, apparently in Transformers 5, Unicron is the Earth. Which is fucking bullshit. Because that turns everything in the Transformers world upside down from what it was supposed to be. Unicron's supposed to be the superest, biggest badass in the whole fucking planet. He's basically the Galactus of the Transformers world. And we're living on him. And we need him to survive, I guess. So that makes him a good guy. And fucking, that means... The Autobots are dickheads and... No, that doesn't fucking work. It's so fucking stupid. I'm so... I'm already getting pissed off again at this. Like, I fucking hate Transformers movies. They're ruining my fucking childhood. Every bit of my fucking childhood. Yeah, they and apparently, like, the the after credit scene, and, like, now the people gotta go look at it, because it's Unicron. They spent five movies protecting Unicron. Fucking. No. Fucking bullshit. That's exactly what it is. I'm so. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much the text I got back from you was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I didn't hear from you for three days. I thought you might have died. I fucking hunting people. Uh, Obviously, I've got a. I've got to make this right, and if there's a savior for this world, it's going to be me putting goddamn Michael Bay's head on a stake. Well, I he's hope you're done listening that. to this. No, he said that the last three goddamn movies, and he systematically ruined every last bit of the goddamn Transformers universe I knew and loved. Yeah, uh, in this one, like I hope, I hope you go see it, and I hope it's just like the opening scene is just. Grimlock and like Hot Rod lined up against the wall, getting fucked to death, just just to just ruin everything for you. Episode's over. Fuck this. I'm done. No, no. But I'm really fucking upset about the whole goddamn thing. <sighs> so you're not in on like 
these spinoff movies are doing, these, these giant continuations, and you know we're getting we're getting Bumblebee. Why Unicron is supposed to be the bad guy? But I can't root no. for a bad guy if we're needing him to survive. Fuck, fuck him. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck goddamn everything. My fucking goddamn favorite characters are fucking ruined. Like fucking stupid. Every last. I'm fucking drunk. Fuck this. I'm so glad that you're the angry one tonight. I'm just I'm happy. So goddamn, I'm pissed. <laughs> But the bright news, fucking blood, blood drive. I did not. Would you like to tell me about the shit show? Fucking awesome. No. It was fucking awesome. I'm bringing it back around. I'm getting happy again. Um. Yeah, they've deviated from just being an all-out race, and it's actually just like episodic little grindhouse movies, and that's great. Sounds awful. That's one. They stopped at a diner where they were just cutting up people and serving it as meat to people. Um, and then cannibals came and basically fucking, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they fucked with everybody's car. Uh, so they wouldn't start when they ran out there. So the cannibals attacked. So they not only had to fight the goddamn butcher... They also had to fight cannibals. And the dude got electrified to start the car because they just cut wires. Why not? Uh, 10 out of 10. It's a great show. Nope. I'm glad I didn't waste any of my time. Great show. And uh, there was something else that I was going to be pissed off about, but I just can't. I can't anymore. You just can't be pissed about things anymore? Come on. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I, I Somebody's got to yell tonight. It's fucking great. God damn it. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's talk about fucking 47 meters down or whatever the fucking movie is. The one with uh, Mandy Moore. Candy. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a man it's a Mandy Moore shark movie. Why why wouldn't you like this? It is the least threatening goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. It's like it's Big Baby Girl. Every it's... twenty minutes, it's like oh fuck that's this. oh yeah it's a shark. Obviously that's scary, but like fucking okay. oh it 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 builds tension really well, it, it, very well. Did it? Yeah. That shit. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. They got put in the goddamn cage. They were literally in there for five minutes. It dropped. And then they're just screaming for the entire movie like, Come save us. Come fucking save it. See, I'm, I'm just fucking still pissed off from Autobots. I can't do this. Breathe. That's good. It does get grating that the, that it is a lot of just like oh come save us is kind of grating um and it, it, illogical like they should be saving their oxygen instead of screaming and wasting it all but 
I feel they're semi-realistic in what they try to do to get out of the situations. You know, they're not yeah, yeah. being about it. Um, uh, I think w- this movie could have worked a lot better if they would have cut it a little bit differently. And I know I say that about a bunch of movies lately because, like, I guess that's what I'm looking for. Um, all in all, it's a, it's an all right movie so far. I feel like with Mandy Moore being the actress, main actress, like it's a lot more PG than it could be. Like I, I think the problem with it is that it takes place ninety percent underwater, so the actors can't really act. You know, their faces are covered in scuba gear, so you don't really get acting. Um, but the problem is the ending of the movie. That's where the problem oh, lies. Oh, no. What's the end of the movie? Full disclosure, uh, I'm 15 minutes away from the ending. <laughs> so where are you at? Okay, let's see here. Uh, the whole thing collapsed. The crane came after it. They had to kick it off. And the whole time, like, they're just bleeding like crazy. Like, they're just fucking throwing blood everywhere. They're like, watch out for sharks, because, you know, I'm quicker than a shark. Blood. Every fucking way. Uh, she has to, like, swim up five meters so they can communicate with the, the uh, boat. Um, they realize they're still alive, so they send out one of the guys on the boat to hook a... Uh, secondary winch to the cage and drag him up. Uh, surprise! He's shark food. Um, so then yeah, he swims no. over, grabs the winch. The problem with that is that his flashlight's floating there alone, and she goes out to get it and spins in main circles, and all of a sudden he pops into the screen, he's like, oh hey, uh, and then a shark eats him. It's two jump scares out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah, so that's the problem with yeah. that part. Uh, yeah, actually, shark- it's like Five fucking jump scares, like, rapid fire. Yeah, because then she swims away and the shark spits his body at her for some reason to scare her again. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> just see this guy... Like, the guy just swam to the bottom of the fucking floor of the ocean. like, huh, I thought they said they were here. And he's just swinging around a flashlight. Uh, it's something else. But... Talking about it like this, I'm enjoying it a little bit more how ridiculous the whole thing is. Um, so then they're running out of air. Uh, they get the secondary winch hooked up. It's pulling them to the top, and you're like, that fucking shark is going to come by and, like, fuck your cable. I'm going to eat all of you. Doesn't happen. The cable, cable just snaps. <laughs> and, like... They're plummeting to the goddamn ocean floor again. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we're way out of air. So they're like, listen, I'm going to send some tanks down, have some more air. The Coast Guards are going to deal with this. I'm sure we got drugs on this boat. I got to get out of here. Well, yeah, it's Matthew. He's got to get out. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I imagine the end of the, uh, like, it's going to be Coast Guard rescuing him. And they're like, where'd the other guys go? And they're like, what other guys? And it, and the one guy is going to be the other guy on the boat just with a Coast Guard hoodie, and it's just going to pull it over his eyes. And they just shove fucking drugs under a bench. That's how I hope this movie ends. 
So how's it really end? So that's as far as you got? Yo. Did did the sister get the tank yet? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the second time the cage fell fell on Mandy Moore's fucking leg. Uh, and then it turned into a fucking 127 hours situation where now she's got to carve off her leg or some fucking shit. Okay, Something so that involves her bleeding a lot more. So you saw the sister get the tank. Yep. Then you saw the she's sister. Like, oh, boom, shark. <laughs> <laughs> just boom, shark just rails her. Mandy Moore stuck under uh, the, her leg, stuck under it. She uses the harpoon gun because she has a harpoon gun, but doesn't shoot the shark when it's circling her sister for any reason. Uses totally the harpoon gun. The situation. Uses the harpoon gun to like hook onto the tank outside the cage, pull it in, and she's I like. I want to make that very clear. Doesn't use the gun. Uses the harpoon and just keeps throwing it like goddamn. She's in jail and trying to get the keys off the edge of the goddamn wall hook. One hundred. Like, <laughs> comes down to her last breath. It's all or nothing. Fucking hooks it. Pulling it in, her the cable like rips her hand, blood everywhere again, and fucking it like she tears her hand, hurts herself, and then boom, out of air. So she's like, "Oh shit, I should probably grab this other tank before I die." And then she has never been scuba diving for this, so she has no fucking idea how to hook on the tank. So you just see her like almost choking to death. She's like. <laughs> I'm sure was a lot of her Disney gears or some shit. I don't fucking know. But that's as far as I got. Gets the tank switch. She's like, oh, oh God, oh God, I'm stuck in this cage. Boom. Sister starts messaging her on the radio. <laughs> this fucking movie. Oh, yeah? Sister's like... Could you imagine if, like, they're actually like aliens and like other animals' DNA like morphs with them and then they become shark girls. You saying this is a secret animorphs movie? <laughs> I want that one better now. Uh, sister's like, yo, I'm fucked. There's blood everywhere. I'm gonna die. Mandy Moore's like, I got like this. You're five feet from the cage. Get over here, stupid. <laughs> So Mandy Moore, like, takes her vest off, sticks it under the cage, and inflates it to get her leg out. Rips ton of skin off her leg, blood everywhere. <laughs> Swims over to the sister. You notice where the sister is, because there's just fucking blood everywhere. She's just bleeding like a motherfucker out of her leg. And she's like, we gotta get out, okay? We're going. You're gonna, you're gonna bleed to death. We gotta go. So they start swimming up. And, uh, Something I didn't know. They're like, we're just gonna use these flares to scare the sharks away because sharks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one part I wanted to see from the goddamn trailer. It's like, oh, they just fucking pop flares and they're just like eighteen sharks around them. Yep. So they're swimming up, and Matthew and Dean's like, "You're going to get the bends. You gotta stay here for five minutes." And so like they got a flare and they're shooting it at the sharks and stuff. And. Uh, yeah, they do that dumb horror movie thing where it's completely black and they pop a flare and there's like four sharks just trying to bite at them. Like, oh no, it's light. And they back it's off. It's actually 
it's actually shark make out hour and they're just like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so they swim up flare runs out sharks are coming modine's just like fuck it swim you get wait, to the top wait 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 sharks are afraid of light i don't what know <laughs> <laughs> so they dump all their gear and they swim up to the surface and they're a little bit from the boat and he's all like swim and he throws the fucking lifesaver at him and he, they're dragging him in boom shark bites mandy moore just starts tearing at her leg <laughs> she gets away they start dragging him up off the boat and the shark jumps out of the water and grabs mandy moore again god damn it now i've got to see the last 15 minutes of this goddamn movie drags her under she just starts up close gouging the shark in the fucking eye she's just like in prison thumbing it right in there to get loose they drag her up on the boat fucking her legs all ripped up the sister's legs all ripped up and they're like yeah we got you they're putting medicine on them and she's like huh that's weird Boom, is all hallucination. She's still stuck in the cage. Oh, Christ. I knew that was going to come back because when they set down the second set of tanks, they're like, you're going to imagine stuff because there's Nitro who glitched bullshit. Yeah, so she imagines the entire third act of the movie. <laughs> so, wait, is her sister still in the cage with her, safe? Nope, sister got fucking knocked in the head by a shark. Oh, that is wonderful. So, like, does it end with her just in the cage, like, oh, I'm fucked? She is, she's like, ah, oh. no, she's in the cage, and she's all like, yay, we made it, we're done. And the Coast Guard's like, yo, bitch, you crazy, and they're swimming her up, and she's like, we made it, sister, ah, oh, it's so great. It's a really bad ending. <laughs> Let me... I forgot the, the best part. Uh, this whole movie takes place because Mandy Moore's boyfriend broke up with her because she's too boring. And her sister talked her into going swimming with sharks because that's not what a boring girl would do. And then they wanted to take all these pictures of her swimming with the sharks. And it's just... Oof. Except well, they can't. Because they <laughs> drop their camera immediately and a shark eats it. Yeah, apparently sharks eat technology as well. That shark likes <laughs> First clean kill of the movie. That little yellow camera. <laughs> but it's uh, uh, a... Maybe was a real whore, too. Real <laughs> whore. They danced in the, the sand, and like she's like, I don't want to kiss you. And then like ran, ran back and was like, I'm a whore. So, <laughs> she has some weird gender politics going on here. So, she's just a goody two-shoes, so like every, like all that stuff was just way out of her character. She was trying to push herself and not be boring. Would a boring girl make out with a Mexican guy on the beach she doesn't know? No. Who knows anymore? Who knows? Solid flick. Five <laughs> out of... You watch it with our commentary now. I bet you enjoy it way more. Want to make a shark movie? 
No. <laughs> Come on, let's make some shark movies. Oh, all I like the shark movies. <sighs> it's an all right flick. Definitely worth the rent. I wouldn't go fucking see that in theaters. <laughs> oh. I mean, I might see it tomorrow. Maybe I'll get super loaded and trashed and go see it in the theaters tomorrow. And just listen to all the little girls scream. Somebody's going to scream when that shark comes out. <laughs> There's like, I don't know, ten jump scares? Each one, I'm just going to... Quit fucking yelling. I don't know. Check it out. Under the... 47 meters. I don't know. Shark and Manny Moore. It's that it's, it's much better than whatever shit you made me watch last week. I don't believe that. It was a real trash movie. Good trash. I picked good trash. Entertaining trash. I made it entertaining. That was a real chore of a movie. <laughs> it was not. It was a chore. I mean, it definitely was, just because <laughs> the way we watched it made... The way you watched it, I paid hard-earned money to see it in the theater. <laughs> Liar. Nope. Nope. Totally worth going to see it in the theater and tell them I, I sent you, because I saw it in theaters as well. I just didn't finish it. You walked out early. <laughs> I was like, shit, I got a podcast to do, so. Um, that's 47 meters down? Whatever. The fuck the movie? <laughs> uh, on to the next movie, I suppose. Wait, yeah. was there any other news or anything that we had to talk about? Um, do you want, do you want to talk about Watchmen? Boy, do I. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm already upset about it. I sent you you the link. Do you not remember how outraged you were when I sent you the link? (laughs) I can imagine. Uh, I think I just remember. (laughs) That's the one, yep. Yep. Just ruining shit since forever. Fucking, that fucking guy. How long you don't hold this grudge? I feel like 90%... 90% of the oh. show is bitching about Lindelof. Forever. You know what else has pissed me off? I fucking don't want to watch Game of Thrones, but I'm pretty sure I'm fucking going to have to. Because I want to see goddamn no- Click Bane Bull. That ain't going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Ain't happening. I bet you it happens at the end of this season. I bet it's you it gonna doesn't. It's going to be episode 8 or whatever. It's bullshit. Bullshit. I don't. I don't want to watch it. It's dead to me. It's dead to me as Transformers is dead to me. Fucking all bullshit. Oh, I'm glad you're the one in a pissy fucking mood tonight. Change of pace. Should have. Uh, Should have curbed it. I knew I shouldn't have gone after it. Um. Uh. What it was the uh, the the Han Solo shit went down this week between last episode. Uh, uh you he, are, they just got fired, didn't they? Oh, they straight up got fired. <laughs> Good. Fuck Star Wars. Fuck everything. Yeah, I forgot you're the asshole who doesn't like Star Wars. Listen, I want to like Star Wars, but it's not a unified vision anymore, so it's just all fucking horseshit. 
literally they fired these guys because they didn't want to follow their unified <laughs> mission. <laughs> I'd say they got a pretty straight and narrow track on what they want. It's a real, it's a real loose goddamn mission. I think it's, I think it's pretty fucking clear that it's whatever, whatever Kathleen Kennedy wants it to be. In Lawrence Kasdan, those two, if you piss them off, you're done. And that's why they brought in fucking Ron Howard. Maybe we'll get fucking Han the Solo. Show in space? I was hoping it'd be like Angels and Demons or whatever that movie was. The Da Vinci Code. Like, you're going to find out Han Solo is a descendant of Jesus. That's what happens in that movie, right? <laughs> He's smuggling art to find out to decode the whatever bullshit letter one. He's gonna solve Jesus' murder from yeah, and then, smuggling art. And then, and then Boba Fett's chasing him and he's an albino who whips himself and stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Gonna he just shows the- up and just shows up in every bar is like, don't try shooting me because I'll shoot you first. I'll always shoot first. Because I shot first. Oh, I always <laughs> shoot first. Yeah, he, goes around, um, he just like comes around a corner and there's a whole family of Greedos. He just lays them all out. I told you I shoot first. Fuck out of my way. Five feet. It's a real shit show. Fight ship. Well, I mean, at this point, there have been troubles with the past three movies now, and it all comes down to vision. So they're just straight getting rid of all these people. They're cool with it. So one motherfucker needs to just sign a multi fucking movie deal and be done with it. Yeah, I hope it's Peter Jackson, and he just gives us over bloated three hour long Star Wars movies that everyone hates. Hobbits in space. <laughs> It's literally Hobbits redone just with fucking the Millennium Falcon. They fly the Falcon into fucking Mount Doom to throw this lightsaber at it or something. Yeah, that's, what that's how they defeat Snoke. Bunch of goddamn dwarfs and their goddamn barrels and racing down a lava mountain at Darth Vader's house. They uh, just... There's a huge battle. Big space battle. Empire versus the Rebels and then just giant eagles come in. They take everyone out. Just fucking up all the goddamn everybody's. And then there's just and then just a bunch of fucking Ewoks singing a song about a mountain for forty five minutes. I'm in. Fucking yeah, fuck yeah, Ewoks. I'd take a whole Ewok movie over whatever the fuck they've been doing. Listen, I'll take an Ewok movie over a fucking Han Solo movie any day. No. You take that to the bank. You would get no money, sir. <laughs> what if I hope they put those together now and they're like, whatever series beats it out, like that one's gonna get a three fuck a trilogy made for it. I'd see that Ewok movie at least a thousand times just to boost its numbers. It's so whatever. <laughs> That's all I got for that shit. <laughs> uh, and then I guess the last thing of news was uh, Venom is R-rated and it's going to have Carnage in it? No. 
I'm pretty sure we talked about this before, and now this movie can straight fuck off. I want all of the carnage. All of it. I hope they just bring in all of them. Like, all, like, 12 dumb symbiotes. The purple one and the neon green one. And this is just ruin this. Right out the gate, Sony. Just Sinister 6? Or 12. Carnivorous? 12? Fuck it. All of them. <laughs> and they're all Tom Hardy. They're all Tom Hardy's different characters for movies. So they just oh, it's like train that. wreck all those movies. It's like that dumb movie he did where he played twins. He could just play all those things. There you go. Maybe you they go. don't have to hire more people. It's just no. a Tom Hardy flick at that, movie, that point. Just pay him once, have him play seven characters. Call it Bronson 2. Done. Just hanging dong everywhere, because that's all he did in that fucking movie. Here you go, Sony. We'll take our check tomorrow. Fucking making you movies and shit. <sighs> but I'm super excited about Carnage. No, it's so dumb. <laughs> it really is. But I'm fucking... You know what? They trashed my fucking Transformers. I want everybody's fucking fandoms ruined now. Fuck it. Burn them all to the ground. <laughs> Let's just raise it all. Start over. Salt the fucking earth. Everywhere. What? Just go up to random people like, what do you like? Because that's what we're ruining next. Fuck it. <laughs> fucking all. <sighs> Did you see Pool? I did. Are you going to tell great, me how much you fucking hated it? Great fucking movie. See? So good. <laughs> solid, solid fucking flick. Started out about radio, and I was like, I was I was tiptoeing in. I was like, I'm all right with this. Got more into the radio. It's just an old disgruntled fucking radio host. Just hates being on the radio anymore. Really fucking awesome. Twist comes out of nowhere. Kinda. <laughs> That's it? I um, build do it. You talk about your movie now. Oh no, it's um like you said, it's uh it it's like a kind of a morning radio jock uh who has been fired for being over aggressive and blunt and he's now working in this very small town in Canada. Goes into work one day, and slowly news reports start coming in over the police radio and, like, from their helicopter guy that something's going down. And it's this real small chamber piece of what's essentially a zombie outbreak just told through the information coming through the radio, which is a super cool twist to it. Makes it small, intimate, uh, very disorienting. I don't mean to say, I wouldn't even say zombies. I, like, don't uh, say zombies anywhere, because, like, we didn't just get to felt that like a new monster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it takes its limitations. It's three people in a fucking radio room, and it just builds this tension great by sound design and what people are saying and, you know, these frenzied accounts. It's really engrossing. It really drags you in. And then it gets kind of crazy in the back half, where it's the English language is a virus that's infecting these people, and it's all about our perception of words and how we understand language. But I think it's super interesting. I don't know. 
Um, it, it's got it a really great... felt like a uh, like it took a uh, nineteen eighty four and flipped on its head, or War of the Worlds and flipped on its head. Like where radio started this huge conspiracy, but like it was people calling into this, and is it a conspiracy or is it like actual like outbreak type scenario? So fucking loved it. Yeah, it's it, it it's got a great lead performance. Like that dude has a fucking voice, and he just chews those monologues up. It's great. Um, it's super weird and esoteric and just interesting. And I've seen this movie before. I've got I've tried to make you watch it before. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I know uh, I have. Lies. Fake news. But that's what <laughs> I'm getting to. Uh, fake news. It, it seems much more relevant in our cultural landscape now. Uh, the idea when of... When was this fucking what, movie made? Oh, shit. I honestly don't know. You'd have to look it up. Uh, it honestly felt like a really new movie. Oh, I saw it five or six years ago, I think. I don't believe that. I mean, you're fucking lying to me now. No. Um, We're looking it up now. Fine, look it up. Take your time. God damn it. Yeah, almost ten years ago. Fuck. Fuck you, man. But, you know, like, there's that undercurrent writing, and what what's great about sci-fi and horror genre is, you know, you, you use it to examine what goes on in the cultural landscape now, and that's what good fiction like that's centered on and you know this whole movie is about you, you know media and how what's being put out there is perceived and you know do they have the right to say this without confirming it and are is essentially is what they're saying valid to be said or is it making it worse which is super in the forefront of what's going on right now in our media and everything it was also really cool, the uh, translated message, uh, kind of like they were trying to kill off all the English speakers, and it's really odd for this being like a middle of Canada where they speak both English and French, it, it kind of felt like they're just trying to thin the herd without anybody knowing about it first and foremost, so. All shot in like one little area, and it's just all, it's fucking ripping as shit, so. Watch it if yeah. you haven't. It's on Netflix. It's it's one of those things where that could be done as a stage production. Like you could go and do that as a play, you know? Sure. And I think it's super it's super interesting. I, I really enjoy that movie. I uh, and I like little weird things like that, so I will accept your I'm, next recommendation. Yeah. I got you one. One. You liked one movie I've recommended. One, I'll give you a one and a half. I mean, 47 is not that bad. Plus, I have to finish my last goddamn 15 minutes. <sighs> it, it's better than last time I picked something weird and you came back being like, Listen, I, I was all ready for it. I was like, fucking goddamn it. It's going to be one of those and I was just going to have to fucking pay attention and see what straws I can grasp at. And then, like, it started in and I was immediately hooked. So, fucking well, awesome. no, that. 
that beginning monologue hooks you so quick when he's talking about yeah. Pawnee Pool and Pontelac and the missing cat. It's just the language and the use of it. It's just so interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. And plus, uh, me going to school for radio and all that other shit, like, it just, this movie was made for me to like, so. Go see it. If you fucking haven't yet, see it now. It's on Netflix. Based on, it's really good. Based on my recommendation, not Luke's because. Fuck me, right? <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> hey, what? <sighs> What's that? I said it was an invitation. We're starting our cam show, right? Right? Yes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so with those out of the way, the real deal of the night is going to be Daredevil. I... Full disclosure, up to this point, I've only seen Iron Fist of the Netflix series. Uh, so now we're starting to watch the other series leading into the Defenders. So we'll be watching a little bit each, each week leading into it. So this was the first six episodes, and it was alright. Yeah. <laughs> you were the one. It's so weird because, like, I think Iron Fist dropped on, like, the second or third episode of when we first started the show back on YouTube. And I was like, oh, we're watching Iron Fist. And you're like, I haven't seen any of those things. And it just blew my mind. And I was like, uh. And then we started with Iron Fist. And I was like, it's not good. It's, um, uh. So when I started uh, at cons was right as Daredevil came out. And, like, I just missed the boat on it. So I just started lying about seeing them all. And it just picked up enough so I could keep conversations rolling. And, like, once Luke Cage came out and I didn't see it, I was like, I'm way too fucking... I'm buried. There's no way I'm going to be able to see those. Uh, but we got on track, and I'm glad I did. Because it's like... Like Luke said, Iron Fist is definitely the worst. I'm assuming from everybody else's reactions. But it's such a great fucking viewpoint going from the worst to what I believe is the best with Daredevil season one. Um, the choreography is fucking great. The fucking camera angles are fucking glorious. Like, that show is shot so beautifully. It's ridiculous. And I'm upset with myself that I haven't seen it really. Yeah, there was a reason, like, I... I'm not going to say I did. I'm a huge Daredevil, Mark, so of course I loved it. But there was a reason it got good reviews coming out the gate. And um, it, it's so different that, you know, it was all MCU movies, how bright and fun those movies are. And then it goes into this, which is so tonally different, um, which is interesting. But I, I just don't – there's shit that, like, it's so weird that you're watching it added this way. Because you already know Madam Gao is, like, with the yeah, hand. Yeah, that was a little bit – uh, like I knew, I know nothing really happens to her unless, not necessarily because in Iron Fist, like they did show that they can revive people. Obviously, I'm guessing that they nothing happens to her because she's so revered in this series that like it seems like she's the figurehead of all of them that like are uh, this conglomerate of bad dudes. So uh, we'll we'll start let's start here. 
Do you have any knowledge of Daredevil outside of that very awesome Ben Affleck movie? Wait a second. Let's start here. You tell me about your love for because Daredevil is your favorite character, right? It's up there. Like it would be like Spider Man, Batman, Daredevil. Like it's probably about how it really? would go. I thought we I thought we talked about this like a couple weeks back, and you said Daredevil was above Spider Man for you. No, no, Spider-Man has that that emotional thing of, like, it was the first comic I read, and I latched onto it when I was a kid. Uh, Spider-Man sucks now, and Dan Slott can go fucking die, because I want someone else to be writing that fucking book, so I can read it and enjoy it again, but... Maybe that's what I saw. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... No, uh, Daredevil's great. Um, I, I got into it... Uh, when Marvel Knights came out and Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada rebooted it. Um, and then I went back to like the Miller stuff and I've read Miller stuff, which is great. And I've read the Innocenti John Romita Jr. stuff, which is great. And the Smith stuff's okay. It doesn't really hold up, but then it goes into Mac and then it goes into Bendis's before Bendis was a pile of shit writer. And like, it's so good. Uh, and even, like, the tight spot he leaves the character on, when he leaves the book, Brubaker came in and did really good. Then Diggle wrote it for a little bit, and his arc is real shit, and I would stay away from it. Uh, but then Wade came on. Mark Wade's run is just amazing and so good. And uh, Charles Soule's writing it right now. It's okay. Uh, it really hasn't grabbed me like the other ones, but there's stuff in those books that are just brilliant. Like, it's so... So good character work. Um, uh, the the duality of a lawyer and a vigilante and uh, a Catholic and uh, and just great characters like Kingpin's so cool and Bullseye's amazing. Electro. So with that, we're talking about that. Um, leading into this first episode, they give him a backstory and kind of talk about his dad and whatnot. Is that in line with the books then and his actual origin story? Yeah. For the most stuff on what uh, is gone, his dad was a boxer and you know that, um, uh, you'll get into more of his origin story stuff later in the season on the other part. Um, like, uh, but it's just great, man. Like I can't recommend enough. Like if you want to read a good daredevil story, Go find uh, Frank Miller's Born Again. It's fucking perfection. That book is so good. Um, yeah, like, the episodes did, or the first half of the season, I can only imagine it gets better from here, but it did such a great job of building up all the characters involved. Like, it didn't leave anybody to the side. Like, it's given each one of them spotlights and, like, Unlike Iron Fist, where, like, you'd have one good shot, like, it's every fucking scene is great, moving on to every great scene, and, like, there's five or six great scenes each episode, so it's, like, going from Iron Fist to this is fucking night and day, like, literally, because it's so much better than that Iron Fist was. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think I said it to you when we were talking about Iron Fist, where it's ridiculous to think that... You know, the immortal Iron Fist is supposed to be the greatest master of Kung Fu until they bring in Shang-Chi, which they probably won't. But 
I've seen fucking Daredevil, a blind ninja who's doing things a million times cooler than Iron Fist ever did or could, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, let's, let's get into the episode. Or did you want to say any more? No, no. Let's uh, start breaking it down however you want to go. Because I thought, right like, when I looked into where to do the break, because I didn't know if I wanted to do six this week or seven and where to do the break, but I felt this is a great stopping point because... Let me tell you, I so I burned through four episodes last night just to make sure, because I didn't know if I'd have enough time today. So, um, literally got two done Friday night. Was hoping to get two done each night until didn't get didn't happen Saturday, and then just burned through them last night and got to the end of the fifth episode. I was like, that's kind, that would be kind of a great cliffhanger to hang on, but like, I, there's no way I can stop after that cliffhanger. So I was like, fuck. Yeah, and I felt like six. It really it wraps up the Russians arc. It kind of closes off that first arc, and it brings Kingpin full and center finally. But yeah, let's uh, break down. However, you want to break down these episodes. That I have no topic. Story that he fucking leads off with the Murdoch brothers, like fucking set up everything. Like uh, talking about them having the devil inside of them. Like, like just to fucking hook me out of the gate. It's like uh, him telling about his dad, like he fucking gets like a random hit and he just fucking go to a different personality and just fucking destroy people. Like that set up his dad to be extremely intimidating and like it just by knowledge of him being his son, like it just creeped into his intimidation and then you see him just fighting and he's just fucking wrecking houses. Yeah, and that ties into, like, what Matt unleashes once he becomes Daredevil. You know, he's that full-on the devil. He's beating the shit out of these people. Like, the violence is very high in this series. That's another tonal it's, difference. Yeah, it's so crazy that it's... it's there's no... Well, there's a couple slow-mo spots, but it's so quick fucking... And, like, you feel every hit, and it's just insane how much action is packed into these fucking episodes, let alone each scene, like the fight isn't a few punches and then Iron Fist fucking summons his hand and just I guess hit, gets one good shot it's like, no, he's fucking working for those fights to fucking kill some people, and or not necessarily kill them, but definitely put them down yeah, I mean I, I to jump right into like when this show came out, the fucking thing that blew everyone's mind and watching it again is so great. That high, that hallway fight in episode two, like you see him yeah. get winded by the end. You know, you see the effects this fight has on somebody. Uh, and then you, yeah, well, in that first episode, um, the set the apartment fight when he goes to save her when she's retrieving that USB drive, like in the night where it's in the rain, like that fucking. It looks so fucking gorgeous. Um, it, like, literally looks right out of the comic books and, like, the framing and everything for those shots. Like, that's probably my favorite fight up to this point. With the hallway being very close second. And, like, I completely forgot about the hallway scene until, like, they showed the end of the hallway. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what everybody's talking about. So I was totally... So excited for that hallway. Like, there's two hallway signs that fights that I'll always remember, and the first one's going to be Old Boy, but this one's definitely second. Yes. Um, but 
like it, it definitely just it, it hits the ground running being like this is the same world where you know there's a guy frozen since 1947 and now is freed and there's a talking tree and raccoon like it's the same world but it's completely different tone it brings it yeah. down to the level and i like i really like the low key way they do his powers like you know, they'll focus, do like a soft focus on his face, so you can notice he's hearing something. It's it's not yeah. over. Yeah, and like it, it sees him like kind of swimming through the different sounds, and like he kind of pinpoints sounds and ties them to different things. And like the way they showed it and didn't say was so well done. And like yeah. they, rather they than t- Iron Fist just saying like I have a fucking fist and I can punch anything. Yeah, like, they, they trust that you're smart enough to know that he's listening to her heartbeat to tell if she's lying. He doesn't have to be like, well, I'm a human lie detector. I can know if you're lying. Like, it's smart enough to let you go. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of trust. Um, I think almost uniformly the cast is great. Uh, Charlie Cox is great in that role. Um, I, I never watched enough Boardwalk Empire to see when he came on, but I remember him from Stardust. You remember that movie? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's the lead in that movie. <laughs> Completely. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think just so I'm sure. Like that's De Niro in a fucking flying pirate ship, right? Yeah, dressing in drag. Okay, yeah. okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, that's not... um, I I think I I'm glad you like enjoy all the characters but i still think some of them are underwritten um it, it takes a few episodes before karen actually starts doing something um yeah I, I, um what was the big thing about that was because i watched those first two episodes um right away um seeing karen like basically it was her first episode and then it felt like it was going to shift where it was going to be very episodic and like uh i felt like he was going to take on a different case every episode and then it shifted when it hit the third episode and then she became an actual character. But like those first two episodes and then her getting caught up in this web of lies and shit with her uh, previous employer trying to figure things out without anybody else's help. Like also when, uh, her and Foggy have that moment in the when their first date or whatever. Oh, um, what the fuck, creep ass moment where she's like, "Touch my face." <laughs> that was really fucking creepy. <laughs> because super it, creepy. It, it was. I it's couldn't not only figure like, out if she was upset that um, Daredevil had never done it to her, but like she just wanted that now. Or, like, she just wanted to experience what it would be? I don't know. Super fucking creepy, though. It's creepy, and it's so humiliating to Foggy. It's just like, hey, what about your hot partner and best friend? I want you to touch my face like he would. Like, it's so bad. Yeah, Um, pretty much. I feel like Foggy's kind of an ill-defined character still at this point. Um, He's just kind of superfluous comic relief at times. I um, I really enjoy him in that role. Uh, I'm guessing he fills out a little bit more in the second half of the season. Um, uh, 
Rosario is great in this. Dude, when she way so much more respect for her because she was kind of just a shit rolling Iron Fist. Like, she fucking gets her hands dirty legitimately in this episode, or this season, this first half of the season, and, like, keeps patching him up. And, like, that was the coolest thing is, like, this isn't fucking days between episodes. It's, like, it's either the next day or literally the next hour, like, taking place over these episodes. So, it's crazy to see that unfold. Um, and, and there's elements of what's probably, if someone's going to pick apart Daredevil stuff, it's the easiest go-to. Um, the term, you know, fridging a woman might come from Green Lantern, but, like, Daredevil has the worst treatment of women character probably ever. Like, they are nothing more than to pile guilts onto Matt more and more. Uh, and there's an element to that in that show. You know, like, Karen gets abused, but at least she fights back. Uh, and Claire gets there, but at least comes back. But it's, it's, it's that close to being exploitive of the women. It's fair. Definitely fair. Um, yeah, with Karen taking it under her control and, like, trying to figure out more of this shit, and finding that news reporter that from the back in the day who actually did investigative work and shit like that, like so cool fucking seeing all that shit. Um was really awesome. Uh just I basically setting Matt up for success because he had that fucking ironclad fucking iconic role to look up to. Like yeah, he'd take punch after punch, but he'd still keep getting up, and, like, that's... You can definitely see that in the last... The episode three to six, like, how he's standing in all of those episodes is fucking wild to me to even think about. So then, I guess... Oh, excuse me. The last big part that we haven't touched on yet is Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. What a fucking pimp. What a fucking yeah. pimp. Um, it really, like, you see this term anti-hero, and, like, it really felt like he was an anti-villain. Like, he is trying to do the best thing, but he knows he has to do very evil shit to accomplish it. And, like, it makes you feel for him. Like, obviously, this is my only, uh... Getting to know the character. Yeah, exposure to the character. So maybe you can have more insight on that. But, like, that, all those scenes in the fucking uh, art gallery are fucking perfect. Like, he is, has such an aura about him that he just... It's going to be his way or fucking he doesn't even care about it in, in the slightest. And then the fucking like, SUV fucking scene. It's... I, I feel they did a really smart thing to try and, like you said, it, it, it humanizes the character. The The first time we see him, you know, they built up this myth of we don't say his name, no one talks about the employer, it's all hidden through men. You know, he's the top and he scares these people, but he never see him. And then the first time you see him, he's staring at a piece of art telling someone how it feels lonely about it. And it, it shows that there's a sad side to him. He's a lonely person. He knows 
what he's doing, he's doing for what he perceives to be, like you said, good. He's trying to build the city up, but he'll do that necessary shit to do it. And because of that, he doesn't have these relationships. And it really yeah. humanized the character and makes that turn so much more violent when he fucking decapitates the man. <laughs> Just uh, like it. It's kind of like um, he took a toy that I wanted and like I might not be able to get to play with that toy ever again. So fucking he's going to lose his goddamn head. <laughs> like, it was so badass. Just fucking he and, you know, will this actual like because the fight before he fucking gets into the door like he fucking holds his own and then some like against these badasses that were in that Russian prison, like, that could take all that shit, like, fucking mean. Yeah, and, and it shows that, like, the first thing he yells when he pulls that man out, well, it's that great scene where Wesley's just like, yep, sure, he's on the passenger side, and you know that guy's just fucked. <laughs> but I figured you know, he was just gonna get shot, so when he opens the door and just rips him out, I was like, oh shit, yes. And you know, the first thing is, you embarrassed me in front of her. You know, that's what he's upset about. It's it's that he he was caught being vulnerable with this woman and was embarrassed in front of it. Um, And I really like that they don't play Vanessa for the fool. Like, she goes to dinner with him again, and she knows exactly what he is. She brings a gun with her. You know, she... And basically, at one point, she's like, stop bullshitting me. I know you're doing this. Like, explain it to Dude. me. Uh, yeah, so the dinner date, um, was great until she pulled her gun out, like, and pulled a fucking twenty-two. like, what are you gonna do with that? Come on, you couldn't, you couldn't hurt me with a twenty-two standing across the table from me. You're gonna take this badass out with a twenty-two? Like, come on. Somebody fucking saw you coming and sold you a shit gun. <laughs> um, I like that the first interaction between the hero and the villain is just them talking. Um, and then they brought up the whole issue where uh, they don't want to give each other's names because that means the other person has that power over them then. Because they wouldn't have their name. And, uh, and it, it, you know, it's... To the point, you know, Matt is still blind in this sense. He does not know what Fist looks like. There's no record of him. He just has this voice in his head. But he has fucking head. dead wife eyes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, that's another great scene. There's, uh, it's just, it's it's so good. Um, there's complaints with all the Netflix series, including this one, that it probably goes on a couple episodes long. So we'll get to that probably next week to see, but Rewatching these first six episodes are so tight. Like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like I said, I, it it got to a point where I know it was the last ten minutes because we already had five huge scenes and this was going to be the last big scene. Like, and it's always delivered. Like up to the end of the Russian arc, like when the Russian started to trust him and was like, "All right, you go on ahead and I'll hold them off for you," but like. I think he doesn't have any help going into that tunnel at the end of the sixth episode. Like, all the Russians are dead. Um, Claire's banged up for 
better or worse. Um, that other, the neighbor kid, whatever. And, like, he's still just fucking <laughs> with his bad, half-battered body. Like, I'm excited to see the next episodes where they pick up and how fucking... It, it, not only that, but, but you know, Fist put out that, uh, that videotape evidence. So now the entire city thinks he's a terrorist as well. He's literally back against the wall. Everyone's turned on him. And now he's trying to take down the biggest guy there is. So it, it's a real good setup for the back half. Um, uh, yeah, just really good. I just, I enjoy the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, it little stuff awesome. like, uh, it's so good, but also as like a Daredevil fan to fucking like see Turk, who is a great recurring character from Miller's run, be in there and just be in fucking Turk? the black guy who uh, like sells oh, the was... gun. Okay, okay. Uh, he gets beat Does up. Does that gun back. come up again? No, it was just a little flourish there, which fucking creepy guy just breaking someone's face on one of the bowling ball, whatever that yeah, happened. That Great fucking scene. Because, like, those, all those fights have weight. Like, these people are actually... It feels like they're fighting against each other, and, like, either one could lose a, at either t- any time where it was a lot more lopsided than Iron Fist. So, like, it felt so refreshing to see these weighted fights and, like, them have to hold their own. And, yeah, and like you said, they just... It's great fight choreography, and they do it with panache. Like, there is trickery to the filmmaking. They're showing off, like, uh, episode four, maybe, when um, he follows the Russians in the cab with the blind guy in the back, and is doing this 360 through the camera in the cab. Like, it's just, it's gorgeous filmmaking. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and I really think that they took their time on this series because it was going to be their lead push first foot forward and like definitely polished everything and made it as good as possible as they could um so yeah what a way to start the fucking netflix series like this gets me so excited for the other ones because they can't be as bad as iron fist i guess (laughs) no uh iron fist is definitely the the low bar i don't hate that show with the passion a lot of people do like i felt it was bad but watchable uh it was yeah. a 47 meters of Netflix shows. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine if Iron Fist turns into a shark? <laughs> it was all hallucination. He's, act- he's actually an Animorph? Yes. I want Animorphs in the MCU. Oh, God, that'd be great. All right. So that wraps up the first half of Daredevil. I'm assuming we're watching the second half for next week. Yeah, we have to do half a season every week to be done for Defenders, so. Perfect. So, we're watching that. Um, Obviously, we're going to watch Baby Driver. Fuck yes. We've been fucking excited for this for the last couple months. Um, What else do you want to watch? Baby Driver is my most anticipated movie of the year. Like, I'm so down for that. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought Star Wars was yours. No, I'd watch Baby... No, Baby Driver. hundred times over. Over Spider-Man? Yep. I haven't seen a new Edgar Wright movie in four years. I need this. Plus, uh, what else the goddamn trailer watch? plays... The, the trailer has radar love, so of course I'm going to be okay. in. Yeah, we'll, 
Fuck yeah, we're in for that. <laughs> so what do you want to watch besides that, then? You want to go Edgar Wright movies, or... What do you want to do? Um, uh, I don't know. Do you? Ha- what do you have access to? Transformers 5? Yeah, no, fuck you. Uh, God fuck it. <laughs> Um, um, Amazon, or, er, yeah, I've got Amazon and, uh, Netflix, so. I don't know if you ever, I can, I can rent. I, I have Edgar Wright movies, like, fucking, the Coronado trilogy and fucking other stuff he's made. He's done that and Scott Pilgrim. Those are the only Scott movies. Pilgrim, yeah, that's the one. Well, um, do you want to do? We'll 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 start at the beginning then. Let's let's do Sean, and then we'll compare it to Baby Driver. All right, that's all good. Done with that. Cool. So, back half of Daredevil season one, Baby Driver, Sean of the Dead, whatever news comes up this week. To be fair, if you want the Daredevil talk, it's definitely going to be the front half because I think we're going to end with Baby Driver and Sean next week. So if you enjoyed us talking about it this week, get here early next time because I definitely wanted to have this discussion with everybody so more people can be here for Daredevil since I'm late to the bus by two years. So Has it only been two years? Seems like it's been forever. Whatever. Yeah, it has been two years. So Daredevil, Sound of the Dead, and Baby Driver. Sounds good. good. And then you have an update on Blood Drive. Blood Drive! This time they're fucking going into a city and there's mutants and shit. See? It's gonna be super awesome. So glad. So glad. Come on. You caught up. Let's watch it. It's gonna be awesome. No. It's gonna be great. Is it? I'll, I'll listen to you. It's going to be so much better your 10-second recap than watching an hour of that horseshit. Fuck you, man. I feel oh. weird. We didn't, yell, we didn't yell at each other tonight. It's weird. It's throwing yeah, me off. Yeah, because I hated Bay for the first 10 minutes of the podcast. I'm going to fucking murder him. Unless you're the NSA listening to this and, like, that's a lot of talk. But for real, though. You don't know my life. <laughs> so join us next week, and we'll uh, talk some shit and enjoy some movies and whatnot. So okay. see you then. Yeah, later, kids. Stuff. Peace. Kill Peace the